Hi, I'm Jamie, your host for the Not Going to Uni podcast, where we talk all things emerging talent and alternative routes to university. In today's episode, we speak to Ethan, a digital marketing apprentice from Accolade Wines. Hi, Ethan, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, great stuff, great stuff. Great to have you on. Uh, do you want to just give our audience a brief introduction to yourself? course uh my name's ethan i am a level six digital marketing apprentice at accolade wines working doing the social media and e-commerce for some of the uk's biggest wine brands uh, and i'm also a not going to uni ambassador Ethan, if we start off just with a brief introduction to kind of your journey today and and how you've got there and just to give our audience a, a little bit of an insight as to yeah how you've got to where you are today and and how it's going really yeah, of course. So my journey has been kind of quite different because I've jumped around with what I wanted to do quite a lot. So I started off wanting to be a chef when I was younger, uh, probably from the age of like six or seven uh, and kept that up until I was about 15 or 16. I think um, I planned all my GCSEs around it, moving to Spain and setting up a restaurant. Um, but I got to the end of my food tech exam and I was properly stressed by it and didn't enjoy it. So um decided that when i was going into my a levels i wanted maybe to do something more kind of corporate or more business focused um so changed my a levels uh and did business psychology and drama um i've always kind of been interested in theater so at this point i was thinking about opportunities perhaps in um kind of maybe running a theater or producing shows or something more behind the scenes um and then I decided that maybe that wasn't for me either because I was looking at the kind of prep you needed to get there and the journey. Um, and it was a bit too long for me because I'm kind of a person that doesn't like to stick around for too long. I like to have a bit of change in my career and constantly develop and um, progress. So then it was kind of also around this time that I decided that I didn't want to go to university. Um, I'm not really that much of a partier, so like the idea of that kind of party atmosphere around uni didn't excite me. And I've also never really been great in a classroom. So lectures and webinars and all of that didn't really excite me that much. So that's when I decided I wanted to do an apprenticeship. And I know I kind of wanted to do digital marketing through uh, the course, my business A-level where I'd learned about it there. Um, and then I was on holiday. Uh, it was about this time last year, I think. Um, and I was on a wine tasting with my dad uh, and the apprenticeship at Accolade Wines came up and I applied for it. About two weeks later, I went for an interview and then the next day I had a call from the HR team telling me I'd got the job. Uh, and then I started last September. So I'm eight months in, I think now. Um, and yeah, really enjoying it, getting to work on lots of cool campaigns with lots of cool people going to travel, go to events. Yeah, no, it's been good. Amazing. And, and you mentioned there you kind of used to struggle with the classroom aspect of, of, of school. I mean, to dive into that in terms of your level six apprenticeship, and obviously you, I'm assuming you kind of had 20% or a day off per week to, to do that. Uh, how do you manage that now you're in a full-time job? I think at the beginning, I really struggled with motivating myself. I got really excited by the fact that I was working, you know, my first proper job uh, and I really struggled to find the motivation. But now um, I think what I find better now is I have something to link it to. 
I hated being stuck in a classroom and like learning maths and thinking, you know, when the hell am I going to use Pythagoras' theorem in real life? Like it's, I, I couldn't get my head around it. Whereas now I'm, I'm learning things and being able to relate it to my role or vice versa, learning things to my role and being able to bring them into my uni assignments. So I think I find it easier now with the fact that there's a link between my role and, uh, and what I'm learning. And the reason why I think that's different to me going to university is the fact that if I was learning at a university, it would all be theory for me for the next three years. And then I'd have to relate it in three years time. Once I leave university, I have my degree. Whereas now I, it just goes in a bit easier because it's linked to something I'm doing there. And then, um, yeah. and my company are really good as well at linking what I'm working on to what I'm currently learning. So I come out of a lecture and they say, how did that go? And I'll be like, yeah, no, it was cool. We were learning about, uh, you know, designing landing pages, for example. And they say, oh, we've got a cool task with the Australian team. I'll put you in touch. And then I start to work on that task with them. So I'm constantly working on something and learning something similar at the same time. Yeah, so. that's that's mega helpful. I hear it so much from other apprentices and ambassadors that are obviously doing their study on the side and it's like they go back into the full-time job and it's like well there's nothing specific here to relate this to and and ultimately until you're either tested on that or you've got coursework to do or whatever you're not applying it to the real world which i think is important throughout an apprenticeship to continue to do isn't it 100%. so marketing then it's a broad subject there's so many different areas how are you finding marketing are there any specific specific, uh, specific areas sorry that you you're liking so far or is there any that you kind of want to focus on moving forward um i think for me at the moment i'm just kind of exploring my options within digital and what's so fun about that is the fact that it's it's always evolving so just before i jumped on this recording we had a call with our brand and digital team about um the new instagram threads app uh, and about what we can do with that. And it was like a whole new avenue for us and something which we were able to develop. Um, but, you know, a week ago, we weren't even thinking of that and we're already developing a strategy like a week later. It's so fast moving. Um, so I think at the moment, I'm just exploring my options, you know, around um, areas of digital, whether it be like social media or e-commerce or like the photo shoot side of it or the strategy side of it. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure which direction I want to go yet. Um, but I think that's what's what's great about the apprenticeship is that it gives me that option. I think if I were to jump into a role without my apprenticeship, I would have been in one of those areas. You know, I would have been in the strategy team or I would have been in the CRM team or whatever and, and would have been stuck there until there was an opportunity for movement. Whereas now I'm able to kind of spread myself thin on lots of different projects all the time and, and find where I best fit. Yeah, you're able to dip your toes in lots of different waters at, at once. And ultimately, when you finish your apprenticeship, yeah, I mean, you may or may not know by then. You may want to continue exploring a few different options, but you may have a better insight as to which one you kind of want to streamline later down the line. Um, so digital marketing apprentices, apprentices in terms of what you do day to day, do you want to talk to our audience a little bit about what that covers? Is it different day to day? Do you have kind of a strict structure with anything? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound really cliche and sit here and say that, you know, every day is different um, because it's not, there are things that I have to do kind of on a regular basis. Um, but typically we have 
things such as our always on campaigns, which we run for, I think at the moment it's 10 brands. Uh, I'm in charge of getting the assets from the brand team, setting them up as uh, meta campaigns, uh, assigning budget, um, making sure that we're keeping on top of trends and stuff like that. So typically I'll spend like my Monday morning setting up the campaigns for the week. Uh, and then I'll spend the afternoon just kind of trawling through socials, looking for trends, looking to see whether we can link any of our brands to that, that we can jump off to see whether we can get any kind of viral clips out of it. Um, and then throughout the rest of the week, it kind of changes. Um, I'm working on a big project right now where I'm uh, doing a lot of Photoshop, um, which wasn't something that I'd done for kind of the first six months of my apprenticeship. So that's kind of quite nice to work on at the moment. Uh, I work very closely with our Meta account manager to kind of um, work out any problems and, and work out the solutions to them. Uh, the same with Pinterest. So basically, it's just a lot of problem solving um, at the moment, um, but also trying to improve how we show up online as best as possible. So finding all of those tiny details that we have to fix. So whether it be trawling through our e-commerce pages on the big, uh, the big four retailers, the, the Sainsbury's, the Tesco, the Asda, the Morrison's, um, trying to see if we can tweak anything to make our pages that little bit better to elevate us above our competition. Um, and the other one I'm working on at the moment is trying to get us set up on Amazon uh, as an Amazon vendor. So um, developing our, our Amazon store to try and make us look as, as professional as possible on there at the moment as well. So yeah, I've got my fingers in lots of different pies at the moment. Um, but if you were to ask me six weeks ago, that would have been completely different. And if you ask me in six weeks time again, it'll be completely different. So amazing. So I guess moving on to something I wanted to talk to you about in terms of making first impressions and obviously you've, you've evidently provided some significant amount of value as an apprentice so far at your organization. What kind of advice would you give to our audience listening around making that first impression and, and ultimately whether that's a interview stage trying to get into the apprenticeship but also when you're in that role how do you make sure you're continuing to get opportunities like such as yourself i think starting at the interview stage there's nothing better than being authentic um you know sometimes you are just not right for the role there is no point forcing yourself into a role which you're not a good fit for. Um, there's no point sitting here and, you know, analyzing everybody in the room, seeing kind of what their common trait is, and then forcing that trait upon yourself, because at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to keep that up for three, four, five years. Um, but also, I think for me, and having spoken to my manager about this, the, the thing that he said made the biggest impression on him was the fact that I was aware of my own weaknesses. Uh, and that um, you know, for some of them, I had plans of action for of how to work around them, but also others, like, you know, I was saying, look, this is one of my biggest weaknesses. I want to get around it. I'm not sure how, um, you know, if you give me this role, I'm sure we can work together to figure that out. Um, but I think also you want to provide the most amount of value you can to a company. Um, I think one of my biggest things at the beginning was not saying no to anything um within reason i didn't want to overload myself with work but equally i didn't want to turn down any opportunity that might be there for development so you know even things as such as we did an event in um september 
in which we had all of our customers come into a big event and we sold our products to them and it was like a big kind of almost quite a theatrical event uh and even though you know we would i was doing the the kind of menial tasks emptying the uh it sounds really disgusting but emptying like the spit buckets where you spit your wine out uh when you're <laughs> or like sweeping that's one to put on the cv <laughs> um or whether it was like handing out the food while we were there or replenishing samples you know i was doing all those menial tasks but also i was getting roped into those high level conversations with buyers at the at all of the retailers uh, kind of worldwide so for me the, those two biggest ones are like be aware of your weaknesses but also your strengths um and also within reason don't say no to anything at the beginning until you know where you sit um because you want to prove to your team that you're there for them you want to prove that you're a safe pair of hands um so yeah and i'd say also never be afraid to ask questions because if they ask you to do something you're like yeah i don't actually know how to do that yet they would much rather teach you how to do it so you can help them in the future than go to someone else so ask those questions get the development and uh progress your progress your career and your understanding amazing so why a degree apprenticeship then why did you kind of uh, if you were kind of unsure potentially on your path committing i guess to a three four five year program must have seen seemed a bit daunting having started it now do you have any regrets around taking that and any advice to people looking at degree apprenticeships around that commitment no regrets at all i think I was very lucky in in coming into a company in a role and a, and a team that I kind of clicked with first time. Um, that doesn't happen for everyone. Uh, I know plenty of people that have started their apprenticeship schemes, done three months and realised it's not for them. And there is no shame in dropping out. At the end of the day, the company wouldn't want to keep you on if you were disengaged, not offering 100%. Um, so in terms of if I have any regrets to to committing to three to five years, it does seem like a long time initially. Um, but honestly, my first year has gone by in a blink of an eye. So I was quite daunted by the fact that I would be, I was going to say stuck. Stuck's not the right word. Um, I was going to, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like a three to five year scheme. It was, it was daunting um, because... You know, like I said at the beginning, I'm somebody that does like to jump around a bit, likes a bit of change, likes to challenge myself. So being around for those three years seems like I'm cutting that change off as an option. But I reframed it in my head as in three years time, four years time, all of my peers that I went to school with are going to be leaving university. They're going to be leaving with zero experience, zero contacts um or very little contacts i should say uh and 60k in debt whereas you know i'm going to be coming out i'm going to have three years of experience three years of like experienced contacts um and i'm going to be you know net 60 to 70k depending on you know what your salary is so for me it was reframing it that that got me into that position because coming out of both of our roles are my apprenticeship and my peers degree. I'm going to be the one that's further ahead. 
because I'm going to have the degree and the experience and there's a good chance that you know they're going to be coming in at a graduate position and I'm going to be the one who's going to be you know kind of showing them the ropes yeah um, so it almost feels like a bit of a cheat code a bit of like a slingshot um yeah so yeah I say my advice is take the plunge um see if you like it if you don't there's no shame in backing out um and yeah just don't be afraid so you dabbled a little bit there on the importance of your network and your your personal brand essentially and and this might this one might throw you off as i didn't mention this in kind of our our previous chat but the power of linkedin and the power of meeting people and going to these events that you've mentioned how has that benefited you so far at being at accolade wines oh i can't describe it you know um whenever we have issues at work that we don't typically have a contact for already me and my manager will sit down and scroll through our linkedin and it, you know that's probably happened five times in the last eight months in which i've had to dip into my linkedin network um to get a problem solved and i think also not all of the time does a networking contact show its value straight away um you know i might go into a role in 10 years time and and you know have connected with someone now that might be a really good contact for me in the future or um you know i speak to a lot of apprentices um in kind of lots of different sectors you know i've spoken to you know bankers lawyers other marketers um even you know those in like the trades so builders and electricians and plumbers and you you never know when you're going to need them you know I might get myself into some trouble with some money in you know five years time and need to speak to a banker and I know I've got a banking contact or you know if a tap breaks in, in in my house I've got a plumbing contact you know I don't think they always necessarily show their value in your current role um they can do they definitely can do um but I think building your personal brand getting your name out there connecting with as many people as possible I don't think there's any there's no harm you might never speak to that person again and that's fine um but they might offer you a piece of really valuable um help or an opportunity or some advice five ten fifteen years down the line so i i always try to make as many connections as possible uh within reason so keeping them keeping them semi-relevant um as well amazing so yeah great in terms of being an ambassador then so how long have you been on the program so far is it since the start of your apprenticeship just after since october so seven months yeah so do you want to tell our audience a bit about what being an ambassador is what you get to do uh what the benefits what's it enabled you to do also in in your full-time job as well yeah so yeah about seven months i think um and the first kind of experience I had with being an ambassador was uh, developing content uh, each month for the Not Going TV pages, whether that be a TikTok or an Instagram reel, it can be a blog for the website, it can be uh, an Instagram story takeover, or um, what's the other one, like a live Q&A. Um, I think I've probably done most of them in my seven months. Um, so... Uh, let me give some examples of ones I've done. I just I did a blog last month, I think. 
about what I've learned in six months of my apprenticeship. I did a stories takeover in February when I was luckily to be invited to Downing Street to meet with the Secretary of State for Education. Was that a stories takeover or it might have been a reel? I produced some content then. Um, I did a live Q&A with another ambassador called Jeremy where we spoke about both of our roles and asked each other questions. That was good fun. So yeah, you're kind of always producing content month to month. Um, and it just kind of gives those that follow the not going to uni page that aren't already apprentices visibility of what an apprenticeship might look like in their chosen sector. Uh, the other thing I've done is I've been to, I've been to a couple of events. I think I did a careers fair uh, with a couple of the not going to uni team. Uh, and I also did a photo shoot, I think, a while ago, um, where me and a couple of ambassadors went along uh, and produced some some video and some photo content for not going to uni to use across their campaign. So as an ambassador, you are effectively the face of the not going to uni brand. Um, I think it's really good in terms of development for you um, because it's something which you kind of have to manage on your own. So it's good for your kind of time management and your project management skills. Um, it's great for networking. I know there's an event coming up in which all of us uh, ambassadors are going to meet up. So yeah, it's just a really great opportunity to get your name out there, give everybody who follows the page some visibility of, of what um, being an apprentice is like. Uh, and also you, you, yeah, you get to develop yourself while you're there as well. So it's kind of like an all round great thing. I've got no, no issues with it. Has it helped your personal brand? My what, sorry? Has it helped your personal brand? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, just I mentioned this yeah I'm sure I can mention it uh, I do my own podcast uh, about apprenticeships in which I interview other apprentices much like this but kind of more around um, kind of break it down into the apprenticeship journey and each apprentice speaks about a different step uh, and I've met probably half of mine through not going to uni ambassadorship I think pro yeah probably 50% of the guests I've had on I've also had Connor on as well um, yeah uh, that was one of the very early episodes so um yeah in terms of my personal brand and my podcast brand and also my um kind of reputation within accolade wines i think as well as somebody who is uh committed to the apprenticeship scheme i think me being a not going to uni ambassador has given me opportunities such as developing next year's apprenticeship scheme already having only been there a year so kind of taking charge of collecting feedback from the other apprentices and uh, and developing the scheme with them uh, to working with the HR team to, you know, what we can do on the assessment centre day, what the interview questions should look like, developing end to end, and then also kind of like exploring options for universities and training providers and stuff like that. So being given that opportunity, you know, eight months into my apprenticeship was was like really valuable to me and I actually was quite taken aback by it I was really kind of appreciative of the fact they'd put that much trust in me this early on and I genuinely don't think they would have given me that opportunity if they hadn't seen the work I was doing for not going to uni. Uh, amazing because it's really good to hear that and I guess to kind of wrap us up for the podcast a couple of things really is that where do you kind of see 
your apprenticeship journey going longer term? Have you kind of built a longer term plan, maybe three, five years down the line as to where you want to be? Or do you kind of not think that too far ahead yet? I think I'll be with Accolade for a while. Obviously, I've just finished my first year, so I've got to stay for at least another three, uh, at least another two, sorry. Uh, and then I'll probably stick around in a full-time position for some amount of time. I, you know, I won't be there 15 years, but I'll, for some couple of years after that. Um, and to be honest, is there an end goal? Do you have somebody where you sit here today and go, I'd really love to get to that point. I'd really love to do that role. Within Accolade, I'd like to progress to, you know, kind of maybe head of digital or something like that at some point further down the line. Um, but looking forward in terms of career wise, there's, you know, there's so many different ways I could go. You know, I'd love to be a marketing director of a massive company. You know, I think that's everybody, everyone in marketing's dream to, you know, work for someone massive like Coke or, uh, or, you know, Lidl or Audi here even that look like their social media presence is mad. So working there would be incredible. Or, you know, I've dabbled in the idea of potentially moving agency side um so maybe going to get some agency experience and then long term maybe setting up my own agency so I, i've got some ideas but i don't think i've nailed one down yet i'm still exploring options no that, that sounds really exciting um and i guess to end the podcast on a bit of advice for anyone listening what would you kind of tell your younger self i mean you're still young <laughs> don't get me wrong what would you kind of tell yourself maybe whether it be going back to applying for apprenticeships when you're leaving school at 16 at level two, level three stage, or maybe leaving sick form or college at level four or level six stage, would there be an advice to our audience listening today around, doesn't have to be just applying for opportunities, but also once you're in the opportunity, uh, how do you apply yourself and essentially make the best version of yourself within that opportunity? Yeah, I think applying for them, my piece of advice would be I think I'm going to go back to something I said earlier, which is just be authentic. Um, I spent a lot of time getting very disheartened with rejections until, you know, something clicked in my head and I went, it wasn't necessarily that I wasn't a good option. It's that I wasn't a good fit. And I could, like, reflecting on that, those are all companies that I wouldn't have wanted to work for anyway. Um, there were companies that I dreamt of working for, but going in there, seeing the culture, seeing the um, the ways of working, no, I don't want to do that anymore. You know, big companies. Um, I won't name names in case anybody wants to go there, but for, but for me, that wasn't that wasn't the right fit. So just be authentic when you go there. Um, that's what they're interested in. Yes, they want to see you've got good skills. They want to see you've got good experience, but just be authentic. Um, and in terms of uh actually being in the role i think i'm also going to go back to something i said earlier on which is uh at the beginning within reason don't say no get yourself on at as many opportunities as possible um because that's where the biggest learning takes place even if it's you know like a work evening dinner out at the beginning i was like oh they're not going to want me there i'm like 18 they're all like mid 30s they're not going to want me there but actually that's where like some of the best conversations happen. That's where you start to build those work relationships. That's where you start to build the team's trust. So yeah, just don't say no to anything when you're in there uh, until you've kind of established yourself within the team. Um, yeah, I think I should also kind of cover that one off by saying don't wear yourself out either though, because as much as I'm telling you not to say no, 
being smart with your time and essentially being a good decision maker in terms of what's going to add value is important isn't it? 100%, 100%. I, I spent a lot of time saying yes to everything and I, I had to take a week off because of like exhaustion. Um, I had to push myself too far and too hard. So don't say no, but also be smart with your time. Be careful with what you're saying yes to and, and look after yourself at the end of the day. Um, the company don't want to see you push yourself to you know the point of exhaustion or, or illness. Perfect. Well, that ends the podcast, Ethan. So thank you so much for coming on today been really great guest and um yeah have a great day thank you very much for having me on i appreciate it thanks for tuning in be sure to check out each episode on your chosen streaming platform and head over to the not going to uni website to start your future career